What's up, gang? Boy, am I glad to be on this microphone talking about stocks this week. What a week it was. I think I say that every week, but it's because we've had... This is the best October in six years for the stock market. For people who haven't been paying attention or if you've not been in the market for a while, this is literally the best October in six years. So things are going well. When things are going like this, I try not to get too ahead of myself because when things are going well, it's easy to be like, I'm great. I know everything about stocks, you know? Uh, so I try to reserve my enthusiasm sometimes in these moments. But when you've been in the game for a while, you can see these things coming a little bit more and more. I've been looking for an end of year rally all year. Kind of been saying like, I mean, we started 2021 by saying, hey, I mean, things things got off to a hot start. Everyone saw what happened in 2020, saw the money people made, came in at the beginning of the year. And we're like, I want some of that money. And so I have I, I put financial goals myself every year. I set them for end of August, like September. I don't know why I do that. It's because like, kind of like school, when school starts, I still look at my year as like, in, in like school years. Like I don't look at New Year's Eve as like the start of the new year. I don't look at January 1st, the start of the new year. Like I guess technically it is, but for me, I go September to September and I always put financial goals and like uh, savings goals or investment goals for every September. I say that because last year I hit my September goal in the third week of January. That's how hot things were. And I, by the way, I don't set, I, I try to overset my, my expectations. I try to like, uh, you know, overextend myself so if I miss my goal I still come in like you know what's that old phrase uh I don't even know oh like shoot for the moon if you miss you you land amongst the stars something you know gay like that but it's true right um that's kind of how I feel about my investments where it's like you know say you want to save $25,000 this year and you save 15,000 yeah you didn't hit 25 but you still saved $15,000 towards your goal. I mean, it's still great. You know, no one, not, not many people do that. Uh, so I hit that goal immediately in January. And then as we all know, and we knew it was coming, I said it many times on the previous podcast that I had where I was like, Hey, people are going to take a haircut on this stuff. People made a ton of money. These big firms are going to take a haircut come tax time. It's exactly what happened late February, March, April. Um, not good. Big, big haircuts, right? Great buying opportunities. I picked up a few things, not a ton. I did more of my buying on the second round of uh, of pain that came in the summer. But we knew that stuff was all coming. We knew it was coming. And so now, once that stuff was cleared, I was like, okay. I kept saying in the spring, we, I've deleted the episode since, but I have on my computer. I was saying, hey, just wait till June. I can't wait till June. I can't wait till June. And I was kind of just every week was just like, hey, just hold on, wait it out. Let's wait till June. Let's wait till June. June had a great month. There was a little bit of pain in July, going into August, September. September is traditionally a bad month. We say it all the time. You can pull up the charts. September is historically one of the worst months of the whole year for the stock market. I don't know why. Always is. Probably a couple of reasons. September is usually running into election season. Always choppy for stock markets then. Also, corporations and, and, and just people in general, individuals are getting their, they're aligning themselves for year end taxes. I do it all the time. I always keep a couple of losses, not on purpose, but if I have losses in my stock account, I check my annual income for the year and I see, Hey, I have two, I have $2,000 loss over here. Can I take this loss and realize it and knock myself down another tax bracket? I was able to last year. I sold the stock for a $500 loss and saved myself 5,000 in taxes. So yeah, you took a $500 hit, but you saved five grand for the federal government. So 
just little tricks like that. So that's what people are doing. I think come September, they're just aligned. They're trying to see, okay, how much money did I make this year? What's my capital gains? What's my losses? You know, how can I maybe make some moves at the end of the year? How do I want to position myself for next year? So that's what's happening in September. And now you're seeing people uh, do that with October. They're buying up their shit. They're getting ready for the end of the year. I, I think it's going to keep going. We're going to have a nice year-end run here. Um, it's good. Let's look at, uh, I mean, the biggest story of the last week was no doubt Tesla, right? I mean, it's been on fire. It's my biggest holding. It's something I talk about all the time. I talk about it almost every week. I try not to go too crazy with it because I don't want to beat people over the head with Tesla. But at the same time, it just blows my mind how many people still haven't bought the stock. I talked about it, I mean, for over a year, almost every episode, two weeks ago. I have it written 10, 13, 21, October 13th. I said, Tesla's China deliveries. The stock's going to $800. It was still in the sevens. Two weeks ago, it was still in the sevens. And I said, it's going to 800. And this could be the last chance to get in before the next big boom. Two weeks ago. Now it sits at, I don't know. Let's see. Let's look. Let's give it a gander. Oh, 1,050. Great. So... Tesla, and the reason I said that is because Tesla tends to do this. It'll trade sideways for a period, but once the news starts piling up, all of a sudden there'll be this storm of good news, and then the stock takes off like a rocket ship, and then my phone blows up because people are like, when should I come in? When should I buy it? It's like, look, man, once the thing takes off, it's kind of hard to catch it. We even pointed out in that same episode that Tesla was developing a cup and base buying form around 750, going into 900, and the last time that happened, it went from 450 to 900. So if I said, if we're starting around 7800 who knows where it could go? 12 I mean, we're at, we, we hit almost 1100 yesterday. So I don't do a ton of technical analysis, but sometimes it can really help you out. When you notice those, those, those charts forming and you notice those, those little bit of candlestick things, uh, uh, candlestick patterns developing, like ones that you recognize, cup and handles, one that I've been familiar with. So I don't day trade, but sometimes you can see those long-term trends and they can work out. Because of Tesla blowing up, another close friend of mine became a millionaire. It's amazing. It's great. I mean, it's just crazy. It's it's That's why I, I can't believe how people, it's like, instead of buying Tesla, they're like, oh, but I want the next Tesla. There is no next Tesla. It's just Tesla. And now I'm seeing all these articles coming out, people being like, you know, no one wants any other EV but Tesla. No shit. We said that in the first episode of Cash Pineapples, the videos. The first ever episode we said that. Because people talk about Lucid all the time to me. They're like, oh, well, Lucid does this. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's got a 1,000 horsepower. Great. Who cares? It's not a Tesla. Tesla has the most powerful branding I've ever seen since Apple. And honestly, might have even more powerful branding than Apple at this point. To be honest with you, I think it might. I really do. I find more resistance to iPhones and Apples and MacBooks than I do to Tesla at this point. When it comes from consumers. It's insane. And now Wall Street's starting to realize that. People only want Teslas. They don't want other EVs. They don't give a shit about Neo, Lucid. Lucid can make any vehicle. They can make the sickest EV ever. You could pull up. No one's going to. I said that in the Cash Pineapples episode. No one's going to pull up in a Lucid and someone's going to be like, ooh, is that the new Lucid? It's not going to happen. It's not a Tesla. It's the green text messages, okay? Just like Android and iPhone. I have an Android. It's a better phone. It is. But everyone has an iPhone because it's cool. It's got the branding. It's got the blue text messages. Ooh, whatever. But this is happening with Tesla. And so you had until 
you know, I don't really feel bad for anyone that missed out on it. I hope you didn't. I hope you bought it. I hope everyone listening to this has Tesla stock. Because if not, it's going to be painful to hear. Because you had from March until September to buy Tesla. It went from 550 to about $750, $800 in that time frame. And traded in that range that whole time. March, April, May, June, July, August. You had six months. Six months of it trading sideways. And people like me saying, hey, it's probably a good opportunity. Probably a good opportunity. Hey, by the way, might want to pick up some. Oh, I don't know. Uh, AMC's killing it. Oh, I don't know. Shiba coin. Oh, I don't know. This other horseshit coin. What are, what are you doing? What are you doing? It just, it, it's, it, it's fascinating to me. Oh, Tesla worked out and uh, the penny stocks did it. I am shocked. I can't believe that. Ha- I can't believe Tesla worked out and your pink sheet didn't. Who would have thought? Now, again, I'm not saying don't do some riskier things sometimes, but do that on a smaller scale in addition to having bigger stocks. And I'm not saying you have to have all the FANG stocks, the Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. I'm not saying you have to have those. You probably should have at least some of all those, at least one share of all of those. I have a share of all those except Netflix, the only one I don't own. And I've talked about I mean, I talked ad nauseum why I don't own Netflix because I got burned by it when I sold at 271 and I'm still bitter like a bad ex. Whatever. Netflix is a great company. They're a great company. But I don't want in it. <laughs> I should have bought I mean, hey, just like how people missed out on tes- Tesla recently, I missed out on Netflix. I could have bought it at like 490 recently. And it's at what, 660 something? So bygones but it's it is what it is people will say like you say that every week i think it might be affecting you you talk about how it doesn't bother you but every week you talk about it whatever um and the reason tesla was blowing up we didn't even go into that but the, the big catalyst number one hertz rental car they bought a hundred thousand teslas and they're going to use them for their fleet vehicles so that's pretty sweet because not only will that make more people want Teslas, because more people are going to be in Teslas. And by the way, fun fact, in Los Angeles this last week, I was in a Tesla for the first time uh, last week, which is funny, because people would think I'd probably driven a Tesla, at least been in a Tesla. Nope, it's my biggest investment, hands down. I talk about the company all the time, never even been in one. <laughs> like, And to be honest, I don't really have a desire to own a Tesla. I just want the stock. I just want to keep making money off them. I don't give a shit about owning the car, whatever. I got my badass Camry, all right? My Camry's killing it. And I do, I've been on the road a lot this re- recently, and my rental cars have sucked. My 06 Camry with four cylinders has more power than the 2018 Nissan Rogue I just had, the new Kia Forte I just had, the new Corolla I just had. What the fuck? Dude, I, I don't know. I, I hear consumers talk about these weak engines all the time in these gas uh, vehicles, and I'm, I'm starting to feel their pain. I'm like, I get it, man. I was trying to gun it on this Nissan Rogue, about to get killed by a semi-truck. I come back home and hop in my Camry, and I'm like, dude, this thing's got... Plenty of power. I think like I'm in a Mustang in my Camry compared to these rentals I've been using recently. And I, my Camry is old as shit. I talk about it all the time. It's an old-ass Camry. I love it. I have the same attachment to my Camry like Conan O'Brien did to his old Ford Taurus. If you watched old episodes of the late night show, uh, of the late show with Conan O'Brien back when he was in New York, the best late night show ever. I mean, you could argue Letterman. Obviously, Letterman's you know amazing and whatever, the king. But I didn't, I didn't grow up on him as much as Conan. Conan was like my guy. Like, Lennon was great, but Conan was like truly influential for me. And so I just always think it was funny. Maybe I'm like harboring that a little bit where Conan had that, he always bring that Taurus he had. He's like, no, no, I drive a Ford Taurus. And he would have it. He would still have it on set and like in, out front of the, 
you know, up front of 30 rock. And like, this is amazing. Um, so I try to do the same thing with my Camry, but it is legit. Uh, back to Tesla, hundred thousand vehicles ordered by Hertz. Also the model three is the best selling vehicle in Europe, not best selling EV, the best selling vehicle in Europe. And for the first time ever, it is an EV. So all these things are kind of coming together and people are realizing, like, oh shit, Tesla is the future. This is all people want to buy. No one gives a fuck about other EVs. Oh, oh, who, what, who's been saying that? I'm being a little bit of a shithead today. I don't care. It's because I got really annoyed last week because I had a lot of people ask me about Tesla um, <clears throat> and just basically be like, hey, when do I buy in? When do I buy in? I don't I don't know. I, I can't pinpoint exact dollar numbers on things. I mean, I guess I said two weeks ago when it was around 800 and that was the last chance to get in. Don't hit me up when that that rocket ship's taken off. It's like, all right, now you're on a now you're on a falling knife. It's either going to fly up or fly down. It tends to happen and you can try to catch it. Like I hit up a buddy of mine and I was like, he sold his Tesla recent, like last week or something. He's like, I'll catch it on the downfall. <sighs> oh, the old sell high, buy low trick. I've never heard of this. What is this? People do that all the time to me. They send me these messages like I don't know what they're trying to do. It's like, look, man, good luck. You, you might get it, but chances of you hitting it aren't good. And now you're paying short term gains on that tax or on that uh, on those sales. So if you're in like a like, you know. Most people are in like a 20 to 30% tax bracket. So if you sold that Tesla, you now need it to fall quite a bit to make up that tax payment. So I don't think that's going to happen. But hey, no one thinks like that because they don't understand taxes until they get to the year end and go, oh shit, I owe short-term capital gains. Which again, we talked about on the first episode, but if you don't remember short-term capital gains, if you hold a stock for less than a year, you pay gains, whatever you made on that stock, you pay like income. So whatever your income is for that year, you just add it to your bottom line and you pay whatever your tax rate is. You pay that on your gains. You make 10%, you pay 10% taxes a year. You pay 10% of your short-term gains. You pay 25% taxes a year, 25% of those gains, which is why when you're making big money, it can be dangerous because if you're making 30, if you're rich, you're making, you're basically paying half your money in taxes, 40, 45%. 38 federal, add in your state, add in your property. You're probably paying north of 50% in taxes overall. But you're going to pay at least 40% in capital gains. So that's why it's so important to hold long-term um, unless you're really making some big money. But that's why you see a lot of long-term holders because long-term gains is taxed at like 10%, 15%, 20% based on your income. Much, much better. Uh, what else do we want to talk about Tesla? Elon's probably already a trillionaire. I know. I think Morgan Stanley talked about that this week that some analysts made some point being like, Dad, Dad, he'll be the first trillionaire. Probably already is, just not official because Tesla's the only public company that Elon owns. SpaceX, the boring company, Neuralink, uh, Starlink, those are all private. So, you know, his only one is Tesla. It's public. And I think SpaceX is worth just over $100 billion itself right now. So you could add that to his bottom line. Once all these companies really start hitting and, and going public, I can't wait to buy SpaceX stock whenever it goes public. I mean, again, we talk about how Google owns a percentage of them. So that's why we keep buying Google. Um, and we'll get into, oh man, there's some more stuff to talk about Google in a minute. We'll get to that. It's exciting. But so Elon's basically already a trillionaire, just not official yet, but he will be. He's $91 billion richer than Jeff Bezos now, or Bezos. I call him Jeff Bezos. It's fun to mispronounce his name because fuck him. Uh, so he's richer than the bees. He's got $91 billion more than bees. So uh, 
Let's see, let's make sure I just figure out everything about Tesla. I think that's everything about Tesla. Let's see how it's doing today. Uh, markets are open. I'm recording this Wednesday morning. Kind of a weird. The markets have kind of been all over to all over the place recently. Kind of going high and low. Kind of. Uh, I mean, mostly mostly been surging, but they've been man, they've been volatile again. It feels like 2020 all over again. Kind of been kind of bouncing all over. Uh, Jack Dorsey tweeted this week that hyperinflation's on the way. Kathy Wood disagrees. My parents are fighting, you guys. My my step parents are fighting. Jack and Kathy. I do think Jack Dorsey has a point. Hyperinflation is. I don't, I don't know if we're gonna get to like the Venezuela type of hyperinflation, but inflation is no doubt happening. I mean, I was just, like I said, just in LA all week and holy shit. I mean, stuff's expensive, but I forgot how expensive everything is in LA. Maybe it's just gotten worse, but I was just like, man, I used to, I used to defend LA a lot. I'd be like, oh, it's not that bad. Like rent's expensive and property taxes are more and gas is more, but that's about it. But now it's like, oh my gosh, everything is so much more and gas is significantly more. I mean, gas is $5 a gallon. Weed is expensive as hell. I can't believe how expensive weed is in California. It's kind of embarrassing for a state that like tries to own, like being the weed, you know, kings of the of dude, California hasn't been the weed king since two thousand and nine, dude. They got dethroned by Colorado, Washington State, and Michigan a long, long time ago. But it's just it's just part of it. It's just crazy how expensive everything is there. Weed being a big part of it. Um, at least I, I noticed that because that's part of my world. Groceries are expensive. Food. I mean, everything's expensive there significantly. And you're like, holy shit. It's probably mixed in with people trying to make back their pandemic money too. But damn. And things are getting more expensive for the hella rich. Inflation's actually worse for the more, the wealth, the, the mega wealthy. I forget what they call that index. There's an actual like rich person's index. I think I screenshotted it. I saved it in here somewhere. I'll find it. Uh, yeah, it's the cost of living extremely well indexed or cluey. C-L-E-W-I. Yeah. So the cost of living extremely well index is up 10.1%. The biggest jump since 2008. Nearly twice as much as the U.S. consumer price index, which is what we kind of measure for regular inflation, which rose 5.3% over the same period. By the way, 5.3% still bad. still not good. So we're all, we're, regular folks are being squeezed with uh, inflation, but... The rich are being squeezed even more. But here's the kicker. Rich have way more fucking money. And they make way more money. So yeah, cost of living for the mega wealthy is up 10.1%. But the Forbes 400 members have nothing to really worry about. Their average net worth is up 39% this year. Billionaires made tons of money. So yeah. Cost of living for the rich went up 10%. But they made 40%. Right? Who gives a shit? But that's why I tell people when they see like they see listings in big cities like housing or this and that. And they go, how can people afford that? How can people pay for this? Look, man, I'm telling you, there's a lot of rich people in this country. There's 19 million millionaires in America. 19 million people have a, are, are millionaires. That's crazy. That's a lot of people. Shit. That's bigger than it's a lot of countries. That's, that's bigger than Los Angeles. That's like the entire city of New York of millionaires. And of that 19 million, I think one... 0.4 million of them, one, yeah, a million four hundred thousand are worth over ten million dollars, which is crazy. Because I think my richest friend that I talk to right, I mean, I know people worth more than ten mil, but not like personal. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I do have some people's phone number that are worth a, a lot, a lot of money, but they're not friends I hang out with all the time. Would they recognize me? And of course, we we could have you know, but they're not like friends. I'd be like, hey, hey, Russell Peters, let's go get dinner. Does Russell know who I am? Of course. 
but he's, I'm not going to call him up and we're not, we don't hang like that. But of my like close circle of people I actually know, I think my richest friend has like between eight and $10 million. And he is insane. It's insane how much money he has. We were looking over his stock account this last week. He's got like a $5 million plus stock account. Pretty awesome. His cost average, he's up, I think like 3000% on Tesla. Anyways, I digress. But to to have that kind of money, it's like, dude, it's one thing to be rich, but to have like, even to have close to 10 million, but to have over $10 million. Oh my God. That's crazy. A million and a half people have over 10 million in this country. That's, let me do the math. That's more than like, that's four times the size of the country of Iceland and, and people worth more than $10 million. Crazy. So things are getting expensive for the rich, but they can handle it. And again, Jack Dorsey thinks half hyperinflation is coming. Kathy Wood disagrees. I like both of them. Uh, I think they're both right. <laughs> Oddly enough, I think that there's, I think we are going to see a, a, a phase of brief, maybe not hyperinflation, but in, in inflated inflation. I don't know how else to say it. Hopefully it doesn't stick around, but it, it, it might for a second. Um, yeah. But either way, even if inflation goes up, I mean, the treasury yield is cooling off, which the 10-year treasury yield, which usually affects high growth tech stocks, you know, the stuff that we like to own and talk about. But where else are you going to put your money? If, if, if inflation really is that bad, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't keep it in cash. So, what do you, you know, you kind of have to just be like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll just, I'll just bite the bullet and uh, put my money in stocks because well, I'm not going to keep it in cash because I'll really get burned. So, you don't want to do that. Um, so I, that's why I don't worry about stocks even during inflation when they talk about it because for that reason. Uh, let's see. Let's go into some other stuff here. This is kind of interesting. The Donald Trump SPAC, uh, special purpose acquisition company. Uh, basically, there are ways for companies to IPO a lot easier. His company, well, the one that he was behind, Digital World Acquisition. I mean, it was up like hundreds. I think it went up like 350% the first day, 107% the second day. And people were like, oh, my God, you got to buy it. And it's like, I now it's taking quite a hit. I mean, it's still up a ton if you bought it. But what a grift. I mean, politics aside, what a move. You know, Trump has, he owes all this money. He's out of office. He's not getting all, he doesn't have his power he used to. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to make a, a one-shot Hail Mary 400% in two-day stock. <laughs> It's crazy. So it's like that dude made back all of his debts in two days. Sorry. Sorry, NPR. But you're going to have a hard time writing that that article. Like he probably made so much fucking money. Damn. What a grift. I mean, dirty, but I respect that. It's like, hey, man, if you had the power to make all your money off of like a bullshit IPO, wouldn't you? I would. Shoot. I think it's funny that it is scary that we did scrub Trump from the internet. I mean, whether you disagree with someone or not, to completely eliminate someone from, I mean, basically eliminating their, their right to free speech. People say, oh, you don't have a right to Twitter. You don't have a right to Facebook. Those are just the services. It's like, yeah, but come on. That's where everything is talked about now. Like free speech is, you can't just be like, well, you can go run down the top of the hill and scream. Like, yeah, but you, you really are taking away someone's free speech if you knock them off Twitter. And, uh, I mean, I argue if we're not, if we're gonna take Trump off of Twitter, I think we should also get rid of Timothy Chalamet. That's that's only fair. Fair trade. Hey man, I, whatever. I think they're both toxic for our society. So let's get rid of both extremes. 
Saw last week, too, the Federal Reserve is uh, making policies to ban policymakers from owning individual stocks. I don't believe that for a half a second. That's a total facade. I don't care what the bill says or what they're saying in the there's a, There's definitely a loophole buried somewhere in that legislation. I guarantee it. But there was a, a policy that was put out. They're trying to, uh, they want to basically tell people, hey, we don't wanna, we're, not, we're not trading our stocks. We're not doing dirty stuff. We're not insider trading based on public information that you might not know yet or public health information you might not know yet. Like in January of 2020, when Congress held special meetings about COVID and a lot of them sold millions of dollars in stock, like that appointed senator in, in uh, Georgia, whose husband is the head of the New York Stock Exchange. She sold initially a million, they said. Then they said she sold five million. Then they said she sold 20 million. So she probably sold 100 million, right? So, and she wasn't the only one. There were tons of, of, of senators and, and, poli- and, and, and elected officials who were, who were dumping their stocks before the COVID crash because they got their briefing about it in January. One in particular, the Fed chair himself, Jerome Powell, sold $5 million in stock before the COVID crash. That is, I mean, bring out the guillotine, right? How can you not? You knew the shit was coming. You sold $5 million in stock before the biggest crash in my, in my lifetime. I mean, zoom out on the chart. It's the biggest crash. I mean, the, the next biggest one could have been when I was born, 1987. 2009 was a long, long burn. That wasn't a one fell swoop. Yes, there were there were bigger days in there, but that was more of just a long, that was just a recession. That was just a, a long, painful era, uh, period. But the COVID crash was the biggest crash I've ever seen in my fucking life. And it was so coordinated. And the fact that they, they sold this much money, I mean, dude, I don't disclose what I, what I make because I think it's tacky. But it's like, man, if I had $5 million to sell and then to play with in March of 2020, conservatively, I'm telling you right now, and not even just knowing what I know now, knowing what I know then, I would have 5x that money. So, of course, if I knowing what I know now, I would have made, God knows, 100 times money. But even knowing, if I, if I took that $5 million and did the exact same moves that I made during the COVID, after the COVID crash... I could have turned that five, that five million would be worth following exactly what I did last year, probably 25 to $35 million. So that's crazy. That's, that's done. That's you're done now. You're, I mean, 5 million is enough money to live for the rest of your life, but $35 million is surely enough to live highly for the rest of your life. And I'm sure he was already good. And so now they're going to be like, Oh, we'll make policies now. Well, how convenient. You, you got your one big shot in before you made the law, if it's even a law. Because like I said, they're going to pass it, but then have all sorts of loopholes. Be like, oh, well, my, I didn't buy it. My friend bought it, who happens to be my broker. <laughs> it's bullshit. But this is why I'm so adamant about getting in the game and being like, hey, just follow them. Buy the shit. Yes, you might not time the drops and the highs and this and the that, but you're going to get it close enough. And if you stay in the game, you're going to win. Because they're also in the game, and they never lose. Okay, so stop being on the losing side with that shit. Um, I just that shit pisses me off so much. Five million dollars. All right, whatever. I digress. We'll move on. We'll go. We'll get back into talking about uh, stuff that doesn't doesn't make us angry. Well, everything makes me angry, to be honest with you. But especially Jerome Powell. Um, thought this was kind of funny. I hope you guys saw this. Just as uh. The football game this weekend, Buccaneers versus I don't remember who they were even playing, but Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown 
the first quarterback to ever throw 600 touchdowns. And that 600 touchdown ball caught by Mike Evans, Mike Evans runs into the stands, hands the ball to a fan in like celebration. Immediately people are like, oh shit, why'd you give the ball away? That's a 600 ball. It's like giving away like a home run breaking ball. And like, you know, during the home run race, I mean, those balls were selling for millions, right? And so, and this is even more rare because I don't think any quarterback's going to touch that record, at least for a, probably not in my lifetime. It's going to be a long, long, long time until someone breaks Tom Brady's all-time touchdown record. So that ball's got to be worth, I think there are people saying like some auction houses were conservatively putting it at like a half million dollars in value realistically probably more than a million and so the guy that got it was like negotiating what he wanted and he was like at first he was like i want to sign game worn jersey <laughs> it's like that's it but they ended up giving him because he didn't ask for a lot in good faith the the buccaneers were like okay they gave him like a signed brady jersey a signed game worn evans jersey some cleats that they wore um tickets for the rest of this season season tickets for the rest of next season like two season tickets for next season and then to add to that, I still didn't think that was enough. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, good on the Bucks for doing that. But, like, the guy's still getting fucked. Like, and I would have been like, I know you don't want to be a dick and be like, hey, I want to sell this ball to you. But, like, take the lottery ticket for what it is. That guy didn't get into the stadium for free. Right? Like, maybe my stock market stuff is just bleeding into other things. This is why, again, this is why you need to be in, in the stocks because it starts. you start thinking differently. You start thinking like an investor all the time. You start thinking like a capitalist pig, Right? And it's not all bad. It's good sometimes, right? So I'm sitting there thinking like, damn, he should like, I'm not saying he should like be a dick about it, but he should be like, hey man, 250,000. That's fair. You're rich. I didn't come to the stadium for free. Look, I'm, not, I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the guy that gave it to me. Get mad at your tight end. Your tight end ran to the stands and gave me the football. I, I just took it. I'm a fan living my best life, okay? I paid money to be here. This is my right to get this ball. I did nothing. You can buy it from me. You're worth how much money? I mean, his wife's worth even more? Look, man, I've seen this. The, that's why you can't flaunt how much you have. Because now that, you, now that I know, I'm not going to give it to you for a pack of fucking gum. All right? Dude, I would have easily asked for a couple hundred thousand. And if people said, I'm a dick, but no, Mike Evans is a dick. He gave me the ball. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. I'm sorry. I, I got the lottery ticket, but I'm a working class man trying to make some money here. I'm not. Why, why am I trying to do Tom Brady a favor? I'm sure he's a nice guy. But again, he didn't do anyone else. He didn't do him a favor. He's not doing whatever. After the fact, in good faith, Tom Brady did decide to give the guy a Bitcoin, which is pretty cool. Tom's a big uh, Bitcoin guy, which I love. So that's that's nice. I mean, that's sixty grand right there. Gave him a whole bitcoin, but still, you're you're not there. Should have gave him like four bitcoins. I do like that he gave him a bitcoin though, because it's 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 uh, opening up people's eyes more and more to the value of it. Or like, oh shit, he didn't give him cash. He gave him a bitcoin. And it's funny people always talk about, oh well, cash. What what are people gonna do with cash if they have bitcoin? I just realized this like a week ago. I've had more money in bitcoin than I've had in cash for over a year. Well over a year, I've had more money in Bitcoin than cash. There's more, I have more money in Coinbase than I do in my bank account. So uh, it's already happening. What do you mean? You still need cash. I, whatever. I, don't, I, don't, I rarely use cash. I use my credit cards. I transfer stuff online. And I have Bitcoin. I mean, that's why this is so important. That's why people are like believing in Bitcoin. If you're not, I mean, whatever. Boomers do your thing. 
Moving on to sector we always talk about and praise that one that you need to be in, semiconductors or chip makers. AMD reported advan- uh, reported earnings, advanced micro devices. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. AMD reported uh, yesterday, I think. And they beat earnings and expect the same uh, outlook. So they've... They beat earnings, had a good outlook. Stock took a little bit of a hit. It's been doing fine though. It'll just, it'll just probably because it ran up before earnings. I don't own any AMD. I used to, but I always say it's one of those sectors like you need to have a chip maker, uh, whether it's AMD or Nvidia. Pick one or the other. I have Nvidia. I used to have both. I sold AMD to buy more Nvidia, and boy, am I glad I did that. But again, you're not going to lose money if you're in. It's still a great company with AMD. I just, I've done better. Nvidia is just doing better. And again, I, I like to think in companies in terms of market cap, not stock price. I think, okay, they're worth this. I think they're heading towards this market cap, this big of a company. So NVIDIA, I've always, I've been saying for the last uh, maybe year or so, I think it's the next trillion dollar cap. Now Tesla hit a trillion dollars in market cap this last week, of course. But NVIDIA, I think, is on track to be one. They're worth over $600 billion now. I think when I first noticed that, they were like a $300, $350 billion company. Um, so they're more than halfway there now. And NVIDIA just keeps doing their thing. They keep just, I mean... They make the strongest graphics cards. They make the best chips. Everyone wants them. They, once that ARM deal goes through with the UK, which hopefully should happen, it'll just even surge the stock even more. Uh, I guess I know Intel's another company you could buy, but Intel's retarded. I know that they make good products, but I don't know what's going on with their leadership. They've just changed leadership too much. They just, they've dropped the ball too many times. They let AMD take over. They let NVIDIA take over. Intel's just really dropped the ball. Uh, so I just when I see that stuff, I'm like, eh, you're two steps behind. Don't care. Kind of how I feel about PayPal versus Square. I'm like, I, they're both great companies, and I always say buy one or the other. But for me, I have Square because PayPal just feels like they're a step behind. They're still great. I mean, they just feel like they're always one step behind what Square's up to. Um, another company I've talked about a lot over the months is Shopify. I know Shopify's been taking a hit recently. I think they're going to face some headwinds going forward just because their earnings are starting to slow down a little bit. There's also supply chain hangups. People are starting to get nervous about the e-commerce stuff for the Christmas season. Traditionally, it's a big time to be like, I'm going to buy Amazon. Like I know people that buy Amazon seasonally. They just buy it going into the into the Christmas season for the for the earnings boost. But that might not happen as much this year with a lot of companies because supply chains are all messed up. So they might not have the earnings that they were expecting. And Shopify has just been crushing earnings for so long. Like they've beaten their last few earnings on average by like a hundred some percent, like 110%. So you're not, they're not going to keep that up for forever. So, but they're still a great company. They're still growing. They're still doing what they're doing. They're still doing their thing, you know, but they're just not going to grow as much. And Wall Street doesn't like that. So the stock's taking a little bit of a hit. I think it's temporary. It's not going to last. But if you do see a good opportunity, you know, 1300 price under 1300, who knows how far low it'll go, man. If you see Shopify go to a thousand, I'd buy as much as I could. I don't think it'll go that low, but if it does, you know, keep an eye out. Uh, Zillow still sucks. I say it every week, <laughs> but if you want to just take a risk, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Zillow's worth the risk at, in the 80 and $90 at this point. I'm still holding it just because I want to hold the tax loss for end of the year, but that might be one that I sell and take the hit on at the end of the year. If I can use the tax benefit, cause they just got ahead of themselves. They were buying up real estate. They thought they were going to make all this revenue and it's kind of just not happening. Uh, so and then another stock that I, a very long-term play that might not be a bad entry point, even today as it pops, is Spotify. I mean, Spotify has been in the gutter since May. So another stock that has been a long sideways opportunity of trading. And I think Spotify is a, a good long-term play. 
I like their, their business model. I like what they were doing with podcasting. I think podcasting is the future for a lot of these uh, streaming, like audio streaming. Obviously, like music is great, but podcasting is what's, what's going to keep this revenue growth. The ad revenue that's associated with podcasting, the subscriptions, uh, Spotify posted better than expected revenue for quarter three. Advertising outperformed. Uh, let's see if we can find some of these numbers. Uh, they had 27% year-over-year growth at Spotify. Quarter three, 2021 revenue. Uh, two two and a half billion dollars exceeded expectations. Wow. So yeah, it's uh, starting to catch on a little bit with Spotify. So not a bad entry point at 263. I mean, last year the stock was touching almost 400. Not last year. At the beginning of this year, the stock was pushing almost 400, like 375, 380. So there was a lot of uh, hype on that stock. And so, but I like what they're doing. I like that they're kind of copying the business model of what Netflix did initially. Like they were buying up bigger podcasts to lock them in long term to get market share. I like that approach. Now, again, it might not pay off for a while because they're paying all these people. Like they're paying for Rogan, Michelle Obama, the Call Our Daddy podcast, all that bullshit. They're paying a lot of big money for this. But I do think it will work out in the, in the end, like whether I like it did with Netflix. I do think so. But it is a very long term play. So know that. I mean, you're not going to get your money out of it soon. But if you want to come in under 300 in the 250s, I think it's a good bet. Honestly, there's not a lot of downside there versus upside, especially under 250. I wish I would have came in a little bit later. I got a little too excited and bought it. I made one of my, I broke one of my rules. I bought a stock during a correction that I didn't, wasn't as familiar with and I got burned by it. So again, I'll hold Spotify, even if I, that's one I don't want to sell, even for the tax hit. I'm still down like 20%, 30% of my Spotify stock. That's one that I don't want to sell, even for the tax hit, because I do believe in the company long term. I do believe in them turning it around, generating some big revenue on uh, on podcasting. If they can make their if they can make their streaming better on their app, their video streaming, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot that they could do. Because this is a fun fact, and I, I can't believe I'm waiting until this long in the episode to talk about it. But I talk about Google all the time being a great stock. And like we said, they own a chunk of SpaceX, but a big reason I love it too, I talk about two reasons, SpaceX and YouTube. YouTube is the other big reason. Now, of course, ad revenue and all that, like add the, the paradigm shift, the marketing, going to online and companies like Amazon, Facebook, and Google sweeping up all that revenue. We've talked about that, of course. Google had their best ad revenue beat in 14 years this uh, recent quarter. Uh, in quarter three of 2021, YouTube ad revenue was $7.2 billion. Netflix ad revenue was $7.5 billion. That's crazy. So YouTube alone, YouTube by itself, had almost as much revenue as Netflix. That's amazing. Right there. Like, so that'd be, if, if YouTube was a private company, they'd be valued at $300 billion if they were trading at Netflix's uh, ratio. That's insane. $7.2 billion a quarter. And like I said, when you compare it to like, they made almost as much as Netflix just on YouTube. So you, we've talked about all year how much YouTube is becoming a big, big thing and how it's just their, their, their ad revenue is just killing it. And here we go. They're just they're they're almost a Netflix just on YouTube alone. Also, Google is lowering their fees on their app store for mobile developers. They're cutting it in half, too, for like first year. It was like 30 percent for the first year. Now it's 15 percent for the first year. So some companies were popping like Match, Bumble, Duolingo all popped on that news. I used to own Match stock. I don't even know what it's at anymore. I sold it a while ago. I'm sure it's up from when I sold it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's up quite a bit from when I sold it. I sold it at like 130. Uh, it's at 160, whatever. Uh, I mean, again, <clears throat> it's okay to sell something and, and see it make money. 
as long as you use that money for something else. So yeah, I made I, I bought Match Stock for sixty six dollars, sold it at one thirty. So I made more than double, and then took that money and put it into other shit like a lot of stuff I talk about now: Square, Google, uh, Amazon, Shopify, Tesla. So could have kept it in Match and made some money, but I just I don't know. And also like I, Match Stock is a, it's a good stock, but like I used dating services briefly over the summer and it just like, dude, I don't know, Bumble. Bumble's the best one from what I've noticed. I, Match sucks. Tinder's terrible. So, I mean, I know they make money, but damn. If I was to buy any dating service stock, it would be uh, it'd be Bumble. I don't own any of them, though. I don't, I don't own any of them just because, I don't know. It's just not exciting enough. There's like this other ways. I guess is like dating moving to online, sure, but not not exclusively. Especially as the world opens up and people travel again and go out to bars. It's like yes, it's it is important, but I just don't believe in it like I like I do other stuff. You know, like I always say, I don't do a ton of technical analysis. I do a lot of just like, hey, where's the world going? Who's gonna make the most money from that? I talk about it all the time. Um, and there's plenty of companies out there that are gonna make money, and people like. Like, for example, today, I know McDonald's was making big money on their earnings. And honestly, I've thought about that. Every time I drive by McDonald's, I'm like, man, the lines are around the, they're out the door. They're wrapped around the building. Every single McDonald's I drive through, I drive by nationwide. I'm like, damn, they're just killing it. It's because a lot of restaurants are closed, don't have better hours, worker shortages. But the big corporations can come in and sweep up that revenue, and take that market share. And they're doing it. I thought about buying some McDonald's stock in the short term, just before this reason, I knew they were going to beat earnings, but then I was like, ah, eh, whatever. I could use that money for other shit, which I have, but that's always tell you, it's like, you know what to buy. Like, just open your eyes, open your eyes and look around. You know what's going on. You know where the shit's going. You know who's making money. Just put, put your money where your mouth is. Like I say all the time, I got tired of being broke and right. Be right and have some fucking money, you know? I mean, I'm as a big, a big a hippie as the next guy. I know Amazon's burning down the Amazon, but me boycotting them is not going to stop that. So let me get mine, you know? Oh, I just saw an article. U.S. takes Bitcoin mining crown after China cracked on. Oh, I thought they were going to say that. Oh, I saw that already. Um, Texas is becoming a big popular Bitcoin mining state, which is awesome. And hey, to tie in with Tesla, Tesla's taking over the power grid. That's their next move. They want to take over the power grid, and they're starting in Texas. Hey, go figure. It's actually, let's tie this in before we wrap this episode up. That's actually pretty awesome that that's happening because that goes in line with something Jack Dorsey said over the summer. When Bitcoin was taking a lot of heat last year or earlier this year, because basically Elon, with, let's go through the timeline. Elon and Tesla bought, well, I guess Tesla bought it. And now Elon has said he does own Bitcoin. He only owns Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin. So all you people that bought the Shiba coin on, on because of uh, Elon, he doesn't own any. <laughs> I think it's kind of shitty that he does that. It's funny that he does it, but it's shitty that he like pumps these weird coins, doesn't own them. Um, but when Tesla sold, like Elon said, well, Tesla's getting rid of their Bitcoin because it's so bad for the environment. I can't justify Tesla having all this Bitcoin because of the, the how they mine it. It's so... It takes so much energy to mine. And then the Bitcoin crashed for a while, and I'm sure he bought up more, because why not? Uh, and at that time, Jack Dorsey and Kathy Wood had a conversation, and Jack made the point of that he thinks that Bitcoin will lead to a lot more like greener energy initiatives because 
Bitcoin mining will, will basically force people's hand to be more green and to have better systems uh, to run their electricity and all that. So it's kind of what's happening in the state of Texas now. And if you see Bitcoin coming in, if they're going to use Tesla solar to Bitcoin mine, then, hey, where's the what's the problem here? It also makes me laugh when people talk about Bitcoin mining not being green. Let's look up the numbers for how what gold mining costs or I don't know, printing paper. How much cash? How many how many trees do we cut down for cash? Right. And then we destroy that cash when it's useless. So, I mean, it's all relative. It's whatever. It's just if you want to pick on Bitcoin, find a better excuse. Um, I think that's all I got. Let's see. Let's make sure I uh, I didn't miss anything here. I don't think so. We'll double check. Um, any kind of random. I like to try to end episodes by saying what I'm looking at buying. And if I'm buying anything, uh, kind of already went through all that. Honestly, nothing right now. Uh, yeah, I'm just pulling up my stocks real quick just to see if there's anything I'm looking at. I thought about buying a little bit more Google this morning because of those numbers. I think Google is shortly going to be over 3000 a share. So I should just buy a couple more and just say, screw it. I'm not going to, sometimes I wait to lower my cost average, but you know, there's sometimes you're, sometimes you, you're in a stock so early, you're never going to get the cost average you want again. Like I'm never going to get my cost average on Tesla down, like my initial shares. There's no way. There's no way. And that's a good thing though. It's a good thing. But yeah, there's nothing really I'm looking at. Shopify, maybe if it takes a little bit more pain. Um, Square under 250. It's at 255.99 right now, 256. So if Square goes under 250, I want to add a couple more shares of Square. I want to add a couple more shares of NVIDIA. I bought more NVIDIA at 200 right on the nose. It's at 247 now. So that's about it. Um, yeah. If you have more specific questions, you can ask me uh, via DM, but don't ask me when and what price to buy Tesla at. I'm over that question. You should have bought it a while ago. And just just buy it now then. Buy it now. I mean, I'm still a long-term Tesla person. I think Tesla's going to dominate for the next five to seven years. So I don't know. Just buy it within the next five, as soon as you can, within the next five years. There you go. How about that? That'll be your advice. If you don't have it, buy it as soon as you can within the next five years. We'll leave you with that. Alrighty. Thanks, y'all. Bye.